What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. Hi everyone, I am so excited for you to hear this episode. Prompted by a wave of negativity in the world around her and wondering what she could do to help, my inspiring guest this week, author Bernadette Russell, decided to undertake an incredible pledge to be kind to a stranger every single day for a whole year. Her incredible experience left her wanting to inspire others to do the same, and the result is her wonderful book, The Little Book of Kindness. We love this book and its simple yet practical messages so much at Kiki K that we are selling it as part of our beautiful new Grow With Kindness collection, available in stores and online at kikik.com now. Bernadette is a true champion of kindness, wonder, hope, joy and fun. And her gorgeous little book of kindness is packed of fun ideas, practical tips and interactive exercises that encourage us all to be kind in every area of life and change the world one act of kindness at a time. This episode is one that is really close to my heart and it's not just about the importance of kindness but also the simple ways we can all spread a little kindness every single day. Keep listening to discover how the simplest kind gestures can truly have the most positive impact, how kindness and self-compassion should be a long-term commitment and not an every now and then thing. Simple tips on being kinder to yourself, tips on reminding yourself of wonderful things in your life, the power and simple nature of gratitude, tips to celebrating yourself and acknowledging your achievements, ways you can make a special effort with loved ones and not take them for granted positive changes we can make to help the earth, the importance of kindness online and simple tips to help, the power kindness at work and tips on how we can all do this and so much more. I can't wait for you to hear this episode. So let's get right into it. Hi Bernadette and welcome to my podcast. Hi Christina, thank you very much. I'm pleased to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on because we just launched your book, The Little Book of Kindness, which is very much aligned with our collection right now. But before we jump in, I wanted to ask a question that I ask every single guest that I have on my podcast, and that is, what did you dream about um, as a little child? Was there something you dreamt about becoming or be or wanting to do in the in the future or when you were growing up? Yeah, I think I sort of dreamt about being like an adventurer I don't know whether I really knew what that meant but I read a lot of books so I think I imagined being an adventurer like exploring and going on the high seas just you know from reading a lot of books so an adventurer which I think I've done not quite in the way I imagined but yeah. I think you have too absolutely. So for all the listeners we have listeners from all over the world which always blows my mind but some of our listeners may not know you yet so could you tell us a little bit about your your story and your journey so far? So originally I was a theatre maker, made and performed in theatre. And then around 2011, I, um, I was doing a, a show at the Edinburgh Festival, uh, a musical, and I was a long way from home. So I live in London, in England, and I was watching the television early one morning on 
August the 18th of 2011 and on the television screen with very alarming images of London uh, where I live sort of on fire buildings on fire riots everything and me and my friends had no idea really what was going on Edinburgh is quite a long way away from London and in, in a different country still in the in Great Britain but it's in Scotland so it's in a different a different country and we found out the riots that happened in London and then spread to other cities in the UK were as a result of the killing of Mark Duggan a young a young man in Tottenham in North London and there'd been a protest and this had grown into riots and the riots raged for days lots of people's businesses and homes were burnt to the ground and ruined lots of people suffered and then there was a sort of horrible backlash to it from our press at the time um very sort of anti-poor anti-young people and a racist response it was just really kind of depressing and worrying and in the aftermath there were lots of positive things people cleaning up the city people making signs everywhere saying how much they love their homes and I came back to London from Edinburgh in the thick of all of that and I was just I just it felt like the the last straw really I was like I don't I don't know how what I'm doing is contributing to helping the world become a better place I'm not saying that I wasn't but it felt like that at the time and I thought what can I do what can I do to what can I do in the face of all of these huge problems I was just sort of full of it the way that lots of us are sort of full of there's so many problems and it seems overwhelming and then I was in the local post office in Deptford where I live and there was a boy in front of me in the queue and he didn't have enough money to pay for his stamp. So I paid for his stamp for him and he was overwhelmingly grateful. And I and I got the bus home and I thought, well, I might just try and do that every day. I might kind of try and do something kind for a stranger every day and see if being kind can change the world, which was very grand of me. And <laughs> really spontaneous, Christina, not in any way planned or I just started doing it. And um I called it, it wasn't a project when I started, it was just something I was doing in my life and I posted it up on social media and shared it with my friends and asked people if they knew people that needed anything. So I began this thing which I called 366 Days of Kindness because it spanned a leap year and I did it every single day, I did a kind thing for a stranger every single day for a year and that sort of, that kind of changed everything, (laughs) that changed the direction of my life and the sort of emphasis of my work I suppose so that was the beginning of my that's kind of my origin story Mm, I absolutely love that and you know isn't it amazing how you thought of that and then I never heard of you before and then I came across your book and you know now we are stocking your book and we are all doing our little bits of making the world a better place and I think for for anyone listening, I think sometimes we just feel so, we feel like there's so much to do in the world. But I think if, if imagine if everyone was doing a little project like you did with kindness, which can make a massive difference. So love hearing that story. So I would love to um, dig a little bit deeper. So you obviously then you did the project and when did you come up with writing your book? So I should say as well, I finished the 366 days and then I I carried on, so I still do it as a daily practice because it kind of felt a bit strange, Christina. <laughs> yeah, I missed, I missed it, but also it it does sort of. I think of it as my kind of compass, so it steadies me if I feel a little bit lost. So I still do it every day. Yeah, so immediately or well, pretty soon afterwards, um, I was invited to write a children's book. So the first thing I actually did was write two children's books, um, about sort of acts of kindness, which I was invited to do, which was great. Then I started writing a column for a magazine in London called Balance and on the back of those things I was approached by Orion and invited to write the little book of kindness and I was really pleased about that because I think circling back to something you said Christine you're absolutely right I think it can feel overwhelming and I wanted to share and express that actually you can just do small things that and in fact they're not small things accumulatively they are huge things you know the beach is made of a billion grains of sand etc so I was really keen to write it because I wanted to say you can just do these little things that are doable that are affordable that you can manage to do you know and sort of share some of the things I'd I discovered during my big journey. In your book you say we always needed kindness and of course I couldn't agree more but I believe kindness is more important than ever. Do you feel that that's the way or do you feel like it's always been important? I think it's always been important but I think we've had such a so we've had so much across the world we've had so many 
challenges. We've had so many sort of realisations. We've had so much to think about and to reconsider that it's it's great that we're focusing on it now. I think the pandemic, to take one example, has shown us, has demonstrated us, one, how hunger and eager people are to be kind to each other and to help each other, which has been beautiful to sort of witness. Um, and also how it makes us feel better and gives us purpose doing that. So it feels like it's a it's a really important tool right now to combat fear, to combat worry, to combat anxiety. So it does, I would agree with you that I think it's more important now because I think we have, there is more fear, there is more worry, there is more. So we need it. We need it in our sort of toolkit to combat those things. Absolutely. And in your book, you demonstrate what, why kindness is actually good for us. Can you talk a little bit about that, why kindness is good for us, not just for the people that we are kind to, but also to ourselves? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good point and a really important one, I think. So when I started out, I, I kind of noticed that I felt really good. I mean, it was, it was also, you know, it was a complicated experience, as, as all journeys are, but I felt really good great and I sort of researched that a little bit and I came across um, lots of research sort of explaining how um, well for example oxytocin is one of the hormones that's released by our bodies when we do an act of kindness and but there's lots of uh, feel-good hormones serotonin and um, oxytocin which are released by our bodies when we do an act of kindness which makes us feel good so it's that kind of everyone's experienced it that sort of feel good afterglow that you experience when you've done something kind or something good or helped someone it's a it's described as a helper's high um, and written about by many researchers so I found that really interesting and sort of really satisfying and it chimed with my experience so I think it's great to know that that is happening and that is going on and also you can easily test it by just trying it and noticing how you feel so it's a yes it is a an immediate payback for it um which might not might not be your motivation but but it, it you do get paid back straight away with a nice warm feeling i think most of us are really hard on ourselves and sometimes i think we are kinder to others than we are to ourselves so let's start talking about ourselves how can we be kinder to ourselves in your experience the most important thing in relation to this is to sort of gently accept that it's ongoing that you can't just say oh I'll be kind you know I'm going to look after myself today and then that'll be it myself compassion is taken care of it's an ongoing sort of process I think and there are a couple of things you can do I think one thing I do because I was very bad at that I agree with you Christine I was awful at that is just check in on yourself a few times a day I do it about five times a day actually just check in with yourself see how you're feeling literally physically just check there's no you know because sometimes you find things like oh I've got a really aching back why don't I just get a cushion for the chair whilst I'm at my desk you know it's just simple things like that so check in with yourself if you don't feel great think about what you could do and what you need right now that might make you feel better so I think there's sort of daily practices you can do I think it's worth thinking about what you need to make you feel sort of happy or more content and make sure that you have those things around you as much as you possibly can and think about what treating yourself means to you because I think it's maybe not as obvious sometimes it isn't treating yourself isn't eating a massive chocolate pudding (laughs) maybe it is but treating yourself could be noticing that you feel a bit and frazzled and going out for a really lovely walk and just listening to the birds singing or you know going for a swim so I think it's taking time to get to know yourself because what you need to be happier and what you need to be gentle to yourself will be different from other people so just kind of get to know yourself notice when things make you feel happy and make sure that you do them and check in on yourself yeah and the other thing I think is worth noticing is the way that we talk to ourselves and the kind of internal monologue. So self-criticism, I think, is, I wouldn't say that it's avoidable, but I think it's good to notice, to just say, hmm, I'm kind of saying to myself, you're rubbish at that, you'll never manage to do that. Just notice it and sort of replace it with something else. Like, well, I can do that, I've done it before. And remind yourself of all your sort of previous achievements and successes if you're kind of criticising yourself in that way. So a really useful way of being kind to yourself, I think, is just noticing when negative thoughts come in and sort of giving yourself a hug, literally, 
and metaphorically by saying no you're you're okay you're okay right now you're doing all right you've done lots of wonderful things in the past there's no reason why this shouldn't work just challenging those negative thoughts I think I love your concept of a happy book, which is in your little book. Please tell our listeners how they can do this. And obviously we have lots of notebooks that people can get that will be suitable for this. But I love I love that you had that in your book. Yeah, there's lots of ways of doing that, I suppose. So when I've been working with people in this, because I'm mainly a writer, I tend to I will write lists of things that make me happy or remind myself or I'll diarise them. So there's that way of doing things. But for somebody else, they might want to sketch, you know, they might want to draw things or doodle things or collect photographs. So it might be a more sort of scrapbooking kind of exercise. But I think it's really useful. I found it immensely useful for when I'm feeling a bit flattened or when I'm feeling a bit sad or down to just remind myself. If you do make that collection, you're reminded of how rich your life is actually and how much you have and reminded of what you have to bring you back to being happy so it's another sort of way of of being kind to yourself so yeah having a love actually buying and and having a lovely notebook is a really lovely way of being kind to yourself as well saying this is my beautiful notebook this is going to be my happy book this is what I'm going to collect happy thoughts things that made me happy things that have cheered me up in whatever way they are because you could as I said write in it but you could also you know, taping photographs or cuttings or, you know, make a collection for yourself. But it's another way of sort of supporting yourself, I think, and gifting yourself, gifting back to yourself the reminder that there are lots of amazing things in your life and in your world that can support your happiness. Absolutely. And it's similar to a gratitude journal in some ways, because the more you're grateful for, the more things you find uh, to be grateful for and I think the same with a happy book if you if you start thinking about all the things you're happy about or happy for then um, that will start coming and and then it be more part of your mind versus just you know not thinking about it because I think so many there's so many you know tough things out right now in the world but there's also so many amazing things and so many things to be happy about so I love I love that people can can do that gratitude practice is immensely um, helpful and important has been proven so many times but I I'll just add to that hopefully not controversially but I think I've realized that sometimes it's really difficult for people to feel grateful if the day is particularly difficult and so I thought about this a lot and I guess I don't you don't want to give yourself another thing to beat yourself up with like I can't be grateful I can't find it I can't get there today so I would add to that that another sort of element to that is to just invite yourself to notice something beautiful which is slightly different but because it's always available and you don't have to travel to um, you know an exotic beach or the windswept moors it'll be where you are there will be beauty and so if it's a day when it's hard to reach gratitude and there are those days that I would invite people not to punish themselves for not feeling that that day, but just notice one beautiful thing. And that could be a tiny little flower poking its head up through the pavement. That could be noticing birds flying in the sky. That could be letting yourself see the sunset. So that very simple practice of noticing beauty is a way of being kind to yourself and a way of bringing yourself back to feeling grateful if that's tough and it is tough sometimes I think it's worth acknowledging that yeah absolutely and on that line I think we often thrive for more and always chasing the next big thing or a new goal which is great of course but I think sometimes we forget to celebrate all the things that we're already great at and I think that was part of your book as well so how do we do that Yeah, I think it's a really fun, actually joyful thing to celebrate yourself, to celebrate what you've already achieved. And it's uncomfortable for a lot of us. (laughs) It's kind of uncomfortable place to be. So I think if you can, it's really good to do this with a good friend or somebody that's very close to you uh, to help you acknowledge and celebrate and talk about your achievements, your positive qualities, things you've already done and had, and kind of big yourself up. What it does is help you build confidence and resilience to have the confidence and strength to move forward and to try and do other things and to um, have the confidence to know that you are capable of doing these big things. Um, It's funny, isn't it? I think maybe nostalgia or looking back isn't very highly regarded, but I think it can be really useful 
um, in building confidence and resilience, as I said, just to say, I've done these things, I am these things, I've achieved these things. And as I said, perfect if you're able to to do that with a to do that with a friend who, if you get stuck and say, no, I didn't, I haven't done that, they can remind you. And it can be everything. The fact that when you were at primary school, you got a certificate for swimming, you know, right through to massive, I don't know, achievements in your career to making some lovely cakes for a bake sale to fixing your garden up all the large and small things everything that you've managed to do I think it's a great thing to celebrate those and to build your confidence absolutely and I think it's great to do with a friend because I think our friends often notice things like that that we sometimes just take for granted so I think it's a beautiful thing and fun thing to do with your friends to do something different I love the chapter of being kind to strangers, and that's something that's very much part of the Kiki K culture, but we call it going above and beyond. So for us, that means that in store, we uh, encourage the team to go above and beyond that is not expected. So that could be helping someone over the street that might be struggling, or it could be that someone forgot something and you you know, try your best to get it back to them or whatever that is. It's, we call it above and beyond. And every day when our lovely team close the door, they report that back, what they've done. And it's the most beautiful thing and it's the most extraordinary stories. So I loved reading your chapter about being kind to strangers. So maybe share some of the things that you did to be kind to strangers. <laughs> yeah. Well, as I said, yeah, I kind of started pretty um impulsively so um didn't have time to prepare very much and I'm not particularly extrovert so I'd set myself this task Christina that was a bit scared of so um so I'd like to speak a bit into that actually because it might be helpful and absolutely not the sort of person if you're an introvert so I did a mixture of what I would say <laughs> extrovert and introvert kindnesses to strangers and and um so thought it through quite a lot I did a lot of fairly wild things like preparing presents and wrapping them up as a birthday present and just walking up to somebody and saying I know it's not your birthday but this is to wish you a happy unbirthday I did that a few times that was hilarious we had, and had some really lovely conversations I and often, <laughs> and often I'd find myself attracted to or zooming in on people who were very brightly dressed I thought if you're going to go out with that amazing outfit on you're going to be receptive because you'll be extrovert maybe so you kind of get good at reading people I did a lot of things like so I posted on social media and I was posted on social media and said does anyone know anyone that needs cheering up with a nice card so because I um, I'm a visual artist as well so I make a lot of collage kind of cards so sometimes I just would po- make cards specifically for complete strangers I'd get their address of a friend of theirs and post it to them so that was really nice I also rang people on their birthday and sang them happy birthday I once serenaded somebody outside their house with my ukulele and sang them a funny little song that was brilliant so some of these were nominated by people I gave out a lot of compliments so I literally used to write on these quite large pieces of card compliments but I'd sort of look out for people and I'd it would be a sincere compliment not a generic one and give them these giant cards that went down very well gave people flowers um I left the house once and saw a lady carrying some a really ridiculous amount of shopping I don't know how she must have imagined she was a donkey anyway I said to her can I help you and she said oh yes thank you so much I was just in like I'm like yoga clothes so I wasn't particularly properly outdoors dressed I had flip-flops on but I thought oh she can't live very far away we were walking (laughs) Christina we walked for 45 minutes and my I didn't mind. I was like, oh, my gosh, my partner thinks I've just gone to the shop. He's going to think I've left home. (laughs) And when I got to her house, she said it was so lovely. She was cooking dinner for her son. He'd come back from university. She said to me, oh, I think maybe God sent you from heaven to try to get me to stay and invited me back for dinner. And I was like, oh, I I don't think I can come back for dinner. But thank you. So that was amazing. Yeah, lots of why I mean many many things because I tried to do a different thing every single day for the first year to make it creative and sort of interesting on Valentine's Day me and my friend Asif and Christine we made 150 homemade Valentine's cards and cakes we went all around London on the underground system giving away Valentine's cards to complete strangers I live on the eight mile mark of the London Marathon and so on Marathon Day we gave away we 
decorated the front of the house with banners bearing names of people we didn't know. We encouraged them. We gave away sweets. We made a sort of bespoke shower out of a watering can. We gave away oranges. So there were some sort of very big grand gestures and some smaller ones. And sometimes it was a bit overwhelming to actually approach people. You're not always confident enough to do that and sometimes it got really expensive and I was like this is really expensive (laughs) so I do things like so I tried to think I was thinking this is has to be sustainable you know if I'm in it for the long haul so I did a lot of things like posting online reviews for people whose books I'd liked or events I'd been to and actually that is a really simple introvert friendly cost free thing to do just particularly supporting local businesses and artists you know just saying I love your shop, I loved your books, I loved your event. That's a really lovely thing to do. And I think we can forget to do that sometimes, even if we've loved something, can't we? We can forget to do the review. I did a lot of doing reviews. So I made a lot of uh, messages and I left them like posters with nice messages on. I left them in shop windows and in phone boxes. Um, I chalked poetry onto pavements. I left packages on people's doorsteps and I ran away I left them on park benches yeah I did a lot of stuff so amazing and that's so much inspiration here for our listeners to start their own little project or even if it's just every now and then it's it's amazing so thank you for sharing and I I love that you are an introvert I'm an introvert as well but there are so many things that we can do and I just often because I'm always amazed that you can buy someone's book like your book or someone else's book who might have put you know their whole life you know studying one subject and then they write a book and then you get that knowledge uh, you know for for very little money for someone's you know whole life's worth of work and I often write to them just thanking them and it's the same with doctors and you know who have studied for so long and then uh, you know we get the benefit to be treated by them so I think there's so many small things that we can do that we kind of sometimes take for granted which is easy for all of us to do so I love that so thank you for sharing all those amazing things I certainly (laughs) added a few to my list so that's really fun and it's a really fun thing to do with your kids as well. Yes, absolutely. Kids really love it. And it's got a sort of, I call it street magic as well when it happens outside because it has a, it has a kind of, it introduces wonder into the, into the outdoor environment. You know, if you, if you and your children chalk, um, I hope you have a lovely day today, it's a little bit of street magic because somebody will come across that and one person that comes across that, they will have needed to see that and it will have made them smile. So, yeah, kids are great to do it with. They really get the sort of cheekiness of it. And it's really creative. I should just say as well, if all of that sounds overwhelming and exhausting, and it was exhausting, I'm not going <laughs> to It's absolutely fine to just every single day to just smile at someone. That would do it. That really would do it. That's not to be underestimated. You can just smile at someone or remember to say thank you, even if you're in a rush, or um, pay someone a compliment. It, you could literally do that every day and you would change the world. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. The smile is, and just hello in the morning is uh, it's really nice. I, I go walking really early. I'm an early person and um, often the same people are at really you know, around five or six. And um, I always say hello because there's not as many. So you you feel like you could do that easily. And it's it's just so, so simple, but so nice. So how about being kind to those we love? I think sometimes the people we love get the last bit of us. How can we change that? I guess it came up for me, Christina, because during that first year, I was very outward facing and I was like, wow, I'm not really paying attention to my partner or my sisters as much as I, because I was on this mission. Yeah, I think it's it, it's really great to bring your kindness into your home as well and with your family. And so just remember that these people are the people that are your foundation and sort of keep you going. And some it's, I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's okay to just acknowledge that sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. We take people for granted and that's not a evil or bad thing. It's just a thing that happens, I think. Yeah, so I think you can have sort of fun, creative fun with that, you know, leaving messages in somebody's sock or letting them know that they're brilliant and that you love them. Or if you have a family member that goes away, making them a welcome home banner. Just like making someone's favourite dinner, thinking about what they need, noticing when somebody that you're living with or a family member or a loved one is struggling a little bit, is having a difficult time and, and offering 
what you're able to help with, what you're comfortable and able to help with. It's really important, I think. And again, can be lots of fun. You know, it's it's really fun to surprise people. I really like doing things on the days that you're that are unexpected. So in a way, everybody expects kindness and attention and love on their birthdays. Most people, if they celebrate birthdays. So it's kind of nice to do that sort of thing, but on a different day. <laughs> because it's really surprising so I, I often try to celebrate on birthdays with people so I just get someone a present or a card say it's their own birthday or just say what do you want to do today today's your extra birthday I kind of in in England in Britain the Queen has two birthdays I think she has a birthday an official birthday an unofficial birthday I've no idea why our dear Queen has two birthdays but she does but I think she's on to something <laughs> I think we should just steal that offer and, uh, yeah, and use it for people. Give, you know, ask people if they want a treat day. Ask somebody what they would like to do and spend some time. And another massively kind, important thing is to learn, and it's an ongoing process, I think, again, is to learn to listen well, listen actively to people, to ask someone how they are and listen. And they might just want to say, I'm fine, and that's it, that's all they need to say. But sometimes people aren't listened to enough, especially those that are the carers of other people, especially those that are good at listening themselves, often don't get listened to. So, yeah, ask those you love how they are and listen, not waiting, not just for an opportunity to speak yourself, but actually to listen. And I remember one thing, when I moved from Sweden to Australia, I was really homesick in the in the early days. And um, my sister used to make me a cake. So so she sent that recipe to my partner and he baked a cake. Uh, and, one, yeah, and one night I came home late from work, like I worked in hospitality. So I came home like midnight or something and it was like a candle and then that was the cake. And, you know, so simple to do, but so beautiful. So there's so many things that we can do. And even like with my kids, we always done when someone is traveling, welcome home messages. And it's just really nice and so simple, but it's just really to take the time. And I think that's most of us are living such a full life but I think now when things slow down a little bit it's actually really we have a little bit more time to think about things like that now when we travel less etc and one thing that I actually have done this year because I normally travel so much that I see my family a lot I started to send a photo a day to my mum you know these are not Instagram photos these are just you know everyday photos that um, the food that I'm eating or when I'm out walking sunrises sunsets a lot and lots on the kids obviously and um she loves it and it makes her obviously feel part of a of a life that she can't be part of right now because we can't travel. So it's so simple and it's become now like kind of sometimes think if I can take 10 photos today, I'm done for the week so then I can <laughs> post them. But there's always something to take and it makes you also, it's kind of a thing to be kind to yourself as well because you notice the little things you do each day. How about the environment? What are some of your tips how we can all be kinder to the environment and Mother Earth? A really good place to start is to stop, and it's kind of hard because of the language you use, we use, but to stop thinking of nature as separate from us, to sort of realise that we are nature is helpful, I think. So just to, be, to feel kind of really connected, because I think we can feel a bit guilty that we just sort of clumber around trashing everything <laughs> but actually we are part of nature and sort of recognizing that connection that we're part of it I think sort of helps towards being kind but secondly I also think it's really important to be kind just to yourself in the midst of the conversation because the challenges are enormous that's undeniable we individually can absolutely do something but it's really important to remind yourself that you are not responsible for sort of saving the whole what you can't but to again do something small and, and doable I'm, I'm a volunteer tree planting supervisor for trees for cities which is an urban tree planting charity in London and that really really helped me so I just volunteered with them and started learning how to plant trees well and then helping other people to plant trees well and from them Christina I learned just do a little thing again it's but it's, we were talking earlier weren't we it's about doing small things being out getting your hands dirty and doing small things so again a small action that you can do and that could be as simple as taking a bag when you go out into the park and picking up a bit of litter so it doesn't snare the birds as they're walking around or hurt the animals um 
tidying up a bit of litter. I'd recommend if there are any environmental groups nearby volunteering because it's it's a win-win. It's a great workout. It's really great to be in fresh air. It feels really tangible that you've actually done something. You've planted something, you've fixed something, you've learned something. So it's really beneficial. And you've kind of done something to be kind to the earth, which is being kind to yourself because it's our home, right? It's our only home. So again, it's one of those things that we were touching on earlier. It's a way of sort of circling back and being kind to yourself, being kind to the earth. But I'd say do something small and that might be if you've got space for a window box to plant some herbs or if you're lucky enough to have a garden to just make sure that there are lots of bee-friendly plants in it, uh, maybe get into planting vegetables. I think there's something about growing and understanding how that works, what that means, being able to eat things that you've produced yourself, which is incredibly connecting and beautiful. But yeah, just small, small actions, recycle when you can buy second term when you can, fix things when you can instead of sort of buying new things. Yeah, I think it's small and simple and doable. And also I think it's worth recognising that, you know, we have to probably take on the fact that we maybe have to challenge some larger companies on their behaviours and be critical friends of them. So maybe that's by petitioning or writing them and saying, we know you can do better, please do better at this. I've actually quite got quite a lot of hope in that direction because I think the conversation is getting louder and more passionate, which is really good. And so you have organisations that maybe haven't paid attention to it, paying attention to it for the first time and children's voices are being heard loud and clear. So I think, yeah, let's keep doing what we're able to as often as we're able to. And my biggest thing would be plant something, anything. Another topic that I think is very topical at the moment is to be kind online. I think that is really important and um, I don't get how people are so willing to be critical and not so kind online but are not often that to your face. So what can we do? I think you say in your book that there is enormous potential for good online. So what can we do to be kinder online? I feel I sometimes feel like social media feels a little bit like the Wild West sometimes. Like everyone's like at its worst it's people hiding behind barrels sort of firing at each other and at its best it's a sort of really nice party in a saloon it's got that kind of edginess which I think is a really interesting space it has massive potential because it's kind of democratized the sharing of news which feels like a really wonderful thing so I would say first of all be kind to yourself be quite ruthless I'd say sort of block and disengage from accounts and people who are making you feel gloomy or not helping or you're not learning from that doesn't you can still perhaps be connected with them in real life but I I just would disconnect from that if you're not getting anything from it and if it's making you feel sad because it's not serving anything one really fantastic thing you can do is share good and positive news and it's easy to find you can just literally look at the hashtag or search for good news positive news there are loads of amazing individuals and organisations sharing positive solutions driven good news. I try and share a positive news story every single day. Sometimes they're an environmental story. Sometimes it's a little local story of, you know, teenagers doing a concert outside a care home or something. And it's really powerful, I think, because people are scrolling through their feed and they'll be like, oh, that's really good news. Somebody's made a boat out of discarded flip-flops in Kenya or whatever so share positive news looking for it helps you as well it's a way of being kind to yourself because it's focusing on positive news so that's the first thing yeah and be quite careful about who you choose to follow I would say follow those accounts as well that provide sort of positive and kind news secondly as we sort of discussed earlier Christina use it as a place to praise people you know if you've read a book if you've been to a local business if you've been a customer when we once we start being able to go back to restaurants and pubs use those social media platforms to say that was amazing book that was an amazing meal this shop's beautiful all the staff are really friendly so that's a really lovely way I think of doing it and also I, I often will just try and think about someone that needs a bit of encouragement or somebody that I think is really positive or funny or needs some help actually online and just highlight them and just say this follow this person they're really great they're doing they're a brilliant teacher or they're doing great artwork or they need a bit of cheering up at the moment so you can use it in that way and actually 
because I'm so, I've sort of consistently done that, I would say largely my feed is positive. It's interesting, isn't it? It's probably to do with the algorithms and I'm not, I don't really understand all of that. But I do know that by doing that, by seeking out posting and sharing positive and sh- solutions driven news, by posting positive reviews, that's what I get back. And I think it's, yeah, it's exactly as you suggested. It's like saying these are our platforms. They're really powerful. They have a global reach. So let's use them wisely and be kind to yourself. And, you know, if somebody's bothering you or troubling you or upsetting you, just block it. You know, I don't think there's any point in engaging with it. Try not to get tempted into the rabbit hole of having rows with complete strangers. And I have to say, I have been really fortunate as well. Sometimes I'll be researching something for a project or a book and I think I really want to speak to somebody in a little another part of the world who's planting forests or who's doing something innovative with farming and I've connected with people with an Australian firefighter during the when I was researching the fires that happened in the Blue Mountains in Australia ended up having an amazing conversation with the fireys over there which was really beautiful I connected with a Ugandan school farming project through Twitter so it's a really good place to reach out as well and just say I want to talk to someone which is another really lovely sort of positive connection and a way of being kind and supporting other people so how about be kinder at work I imagine that that kind of landscapes maybe changed a little bit since covid as all of us all around the world have been working at home a little bit more so i worked with a really lovely uh, woman called sarah tully at a magazine uh, a few years ago and she really focused on kind of making work feel like a family so we'd have like four o'clock tea time she'd often bring in homemade biscuits she was one of those amazing brilliant people so i sort of learned off her i was like actually pausing and saying come on let's check in with everyone let's have a cup of tea very English that I know and have some biscuits and just check in with everyone and see how they're doing actually meant that everyone went back to work really sort of energized and revitalized and also got to know each other a little bit and so I learned a lot from her about kindness there was a board a whiteboard in that office as well which people just used to write nice messages to each other on so I learned a lot from being there and I think You know, we spend so much time at work, Christina, as you and I both know very well, that we may as well connect the dots and use our ideas about being kind to ourselves and others in this place, in this space that we spend most of our time, most of us. So I think it's just about really simply checking in with people. If you're in an office space, we're not at the moment, so it's funny this, I was thinking it's just things like Maybe now and then, instead of emailing somebody in, in the same space as you, just walking over, asking people if they would like a drink. It's really simple sort of little actions, I think, really help to bond a team. And more and more people that I get engaged with in the business community as well, and I know you've said this, Christina, sort of finding it's really beneficial to focus on sort of compassionate practice between employees and make a sort of supportive group atmosphere family kind of atmosphere which I know know is something you do don't you yeah absolutely and also we have actually something within our business called the happiness angels and these are a group of people within our office and obviously we're not working within the office now but we used to have a little group that just do little small things like putting little notes so if it was like Easter there would be little Easter chocolate on the desk and just those people who have thought of something ahead of time for something to celebrate and you know getting us together as a business and it's um, sometimes it's it's just so simple stuff but you know, there's so much we can do. And the other day, someone, you know, we work obviously remotely at the moment and um, someone said that she hadn't had a coffee. So I organized an Uber Eats coffee delivered. So small little things like that, that we can all do to make us connect a little bit more and be kinder at work, I think makes a massive difference because we spend so much time together and often about things that need to get done and there's not a lot of I guess opportunity to connect during meetings and stuff but there's so many things we can do around it yeah that's so nice it's interesting how we've managed to adapt we're really good at that humans aren't we kind of adapting to changing circumstances I've found that actually since COVID and sort of working remotely there's been a lot more of people checking in on each other and a lot more sharing of personal information which has been really lovely actually And a lot of people saying they've got to know people better, which is interesting, isn't it, Christine? Because we've actually been apart, but 
there's something about perhaps the changing of circumstances and the intimacy of Zoom and other kind of technologies that has made us kind out and checked in with each other. So I think it's lovely that you're doing that. Your place of work sounds amazing. I'd love to have chocolates on my desk at Easter. (laughs) Yeah, it's just those small little things. You know, we're not perfect in any way, but we did do a lot of that. I think, you know, our purpose is to inspire people to live their best life every day. And to to do that, we need to look after ourselves as well and actually live that purpose within within our office. So I think that's just, and we, one of our brand pillars is to enjoy life. And I think that comes under that too, to re-energize, but also um, enjoy it. I'm going to finish off with a few questions, but before we do, there is another book that you have come out with, um, and that's all about hope. And I'd love you just to maybe share uh, quickly what that is all about, because I think hope is something that we all love to have more of right now. Yeah, it's inter- thank you for asking. It was interesting because um, I sort of finished the first draft of, of um, How to Be Hopeful just before the first lockdown happened in the UK, <laughs> which was an interesting time. And then, interestingly, it became a very big part of the conversation, you know, where do we find hope and how do we find hope? So I guess I was exploring it. Um, I spoke to people from all over the world, activists, community people, business people, artists, about how and where they find hope and how it's useful. And I think I sort of came to that through kindness. I think kindness serves hope and is a a cornerstone of hope because I'd noticed that some people who were sort of activists in some way or another, in all the various ways there is possible to be an activist, were feeling a little bit sort of deflated by the seeming enormity of the challenges and problems they had to face. So I wanted to look into hope. So yeah, it's very much about hope as an active endeavour. So I sort of defined it for myself. It's not optimism, which is the, I think is the sort of idea that everything's going to be great. It's not pessimism, which is the idea that everything's going to be awful. But hope is um, embracing the possibility that the future could contain anything and that might be wonderful. So it's about sort of possibility, but also about action. So yeah, so it's about hope and it's about kindness and using hope and kindness as ways to create sort of more compassionate world and full of loads of exercises and lots and lots of conversations with people from everywhere, including Australia. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to read that book as well. So we'll add that to the list and add that to the show notes. This has been such a fascinating conversation. I absolutely love everything that you are doing. And before we finish off, I would love to finish off by asking a few quick questions that I know our listeners would love to hear you answer. If you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life, what would you say? I would tell them to learn to be present in the world and in their lives and appreciate the beauty and the wonder of the world that we have and to be gentle and kind with themselves and others. Great advice. I am very excited about a morning routine and I wonder if you have one. I do, yes. So I get up just before the sun rises, (laughs) which is sometimes really difficult. (laughs) And um, I watch the sunrise from my window and I write for a couple of hours. It's fairly sort of random freestyle writing. And then I go for a long walk in the woods. I should be honest and say there is coffee involved. I mean, you know. That is perfect. I was going to ask that. I love coffee. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm such an avid reader and I know you are as well. So I'm always interested to know, do you have a favourite book? And if yes, why? I couldn't choose a favourite book because at the moment I'm reading a fantastic book by a wonderful young author called Alice Ash and it's called Paradise Block and it's a series of short stories. So um, I'm a little bit like the one I'm reading at the moment is my favourite book. So that is it. I'd recommend it. It's lovely. Perfect. I'm going to, I haven't read that one, so I'm going to add that to my list. (laughs) I would love to know if you have a favorite Kiki K product or a favorite stationary product. I just love a new notebook. So I'm really looking forward to purchasing one of your beautiful notebooks. A new notebook, it feels like it's full of promise and an invitation to have ideas and thoughts. So I love that first opening, first pen stroke. Lovely. I can't wait. (laughs) 
We came up with this beautiful collection just then, uh, Grow With Kindness, and I think you will love it. So I'm going to send you some things over. Amazing. Thank you so much. I can't wait. I'll get my best pen ready. Before we finish uh, off, I just wanted to read something that is on page 44 in your book, just because I think this is such a, uh, a beautiful little story that I think will really sum up this beautiful conversation. One day... There was a little girl walking along the beach. The beach was filled with starfish washed up on the sand. A man was walking on the beach too. He noticed that every so often she picked up a starfish and threw it into the water. When the man crossed path with the little girl, he said to her, there are thousands of starfish on the beach. It's nice what you are doing, but it won't make any difference. The little girl looked at the man, picked up a starfish, threw it into the water and said, well, it made a difference to that one. And I love this little story because I think we sometimes think that we need to do so much. And this has been this kind of conversation that we just had about just making a small difference. And even if that's to one person or to yourself, that will make a massive difference. So on that note, I just wanted to say a massive thank you. I think this conversation has been so kind and so beautiful and so inspiring. And I know that our listeners will walk away after listening to this episode, without doubt, be much kinder to themselves and others. So thank you so much for your time. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Me too, Christina. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you. And um, yeah, so glad to connect. It's lovely. I hope you have a fantastic day. Wow. I just love Bernadette's way of looking at life and her beautiful tips on how we can all be a little kinder and positive in our lives. I am such a huge believer in the power of simple, kind gesture. And as you all know, expressing gratitude is such a big part of my life. Whether that will be writing a card to someone, surprising them with a gift, or simply smiling at a stranger, every little bit of kindness counts. Bernadette's Little Book of Kindness is a perfect everyday companion to remind us all to be kinder as we go about our days, kinder to the world, to ourselves, and to others. I encourage you all to grab a copy and hopefully you will love it as much as I do. It's available now at Kiki K stores and on our website at kikik.com. And while you're on our website or in our stores, don't forget to check our beautiful new Grow With Kindness collection as well. Full of beautiful stationery, accessories and gifts just perfect for helping us all embrace a little more kindness in our days. If you love this episode and have been inspired to make any positive changes after listening, I would love you to join my private Facebook group, Your Dream Life Podcast, so you can share and learn with a group of like-minded dreamers. You will find links to everything we've spoken about in this episode in our show notes. We have so many more inspiring guests lined up in the coming months, so please remember to subscribe so you don't miss any. And don't forget to tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I love hearing from you and I'm so grateful for all the comments. So thank you so very much. If you want to see more what's happening in my world, you can always follow me on Instagram at Christina Kiki K. And if you need some weekly inspiration, just go to yourdreamlifestartshere.com and join my Dream Life newsletter. Until next time, be kind and don't forget to dream big.